Welcome to Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. All right, everybody, we want to take a second to talk to you about an amazing sponsor. We have an amazing relationship with RayAllen.com. Ray Allen is a one-stop shop for everything dog, not just working dogs. Everything dog that you need, you can go down there, check them out, RayAllen.com. Awesome people. They got everything you need. Another one of our favorite partnerships is with a dog trip. They've been with us from the start. Uh, great callers, great ball poppers, great GPS tracking, big dog, small dog, bark collars, everything. I got everything like that they have at the kennel. We use it every day. Be sure to head them up, dogtrip.com. Listen for the discount code later in the episode. Hey, guys, it's going to happen. August 16th through the 19th, HITS is coming back. The HITS Canine Conference in Orlando, Florida, August 16th through the 19th. Get on there. It's the biggest, the best. Check it out. Hitscanine.net. Hitscanine.net. Get registered now. Take the guesswork out of making sure you're feeding your working dog correctly by using Kinetic Dog Food. Hit them up at kineticdogfood.com and look them up on the Instagrams at kineticdogfood. Take all the guesswork out and do it right from the beginning. We love Horizon Structures. Dude, this stuff is so awesome, man. You can get online. You can talk to them. You could build it you want from mild to wild. They'll come bring it to your place, set it down on your pad, hook up your power, hook up your water, and you can put dogs in it that day. If you don't believe me, check out some guys like uh, Justin Rigney. He's got a great setup there. Ask him. Check him out, horizonstructures.com. All right, Working Dog Radio, broadcasting to bite. Uh, still here in Pittsburgh. It hasn't gotten any warmer. Um, at all. I'm over this good weather already, but, uh, the hotel's nice. So that's nice. But yeah, we're here at the blue line conference, uh, 2022, uh, with me as always is Eric Stambro. Eric, <laughs> how'd yeah. you sleep? Uh, I, slept pretty good. <laughs> I actually, uh, I hit the wall here at the, about eight o'clock, seven thirty, eight o'clock at the vendor show. And I was like, people were like, let's go drink. Let's go get beers. I'm like, yeah, let me go up to my room and do a couple things. <laughs> yeah, nope, I was in my underpants in bed at nine o'clock, so yeah. watching watching TV and uh, I think I was watching The Office last night. But it's an old man's prerogative. It, it is, it is. So um, yeah, we just chilled out, man. It's a good show. Uh, today is the last day. It's Thursday. We're we're uh, doing some episodes, trying to snag up some guests. So uh, Ted and I teach at one forty-five to three forty-five today. Which I would expect our class, just because of the podcast, to be pretty full. However, they have uh, Rigney at the same time with his power biting stuff. And Kamisic. Yeah, Kamisic and his, and his uh, legal update stuff, which I recommend people go see Mike instead of us. You know, we're not going to uh, keep you out of court. <laughs> Mike, no. No. <laughs> Mike might. But, uh, but anyways, uh, it's a it's good time. I'm looking forward to uh, our class. We, uh, Ted and I have done this class a, a numerous times through HRD and a couple other scenarios. Uh, things and it's um it's fun it's a good time we have with it uh somebody asked me today so what is your what is your class about i said cussing me cussing and ted rolling his eyes at me that's what it is <laughs> and and uh they're like is there information in it i'm like yeah of course there is so Who, what the fuck i know <laughs> we have a fucking podcast of course there's information yes right like, like I'm just stand up there and fucking tell jokes all day. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we do here at, at the Blue Line Conference and hits when we do these is we get guys that are teaching uh, at these classes and we kind of go over the subject matter of what they're talking about. So if you notice, these episodes are a lot shorter, but that way we can get a lot more guests on 
Um, but so today with us, uh, we have, if you're on YouTube, you've already seen him, his smiling face. You already know who it is. Um, still to today, um, Ted says this is his favorite guest. The favorite show we ever had was, uh, our guest Howard Young. How are you, Howard? Well, I'm fine. I appreciate that by the way. Yeah. Nah, today, today it's still one of my favorite episodes. Like Howard doesn't believe that. Yeah, I, think, I, I think you're quite <laughs> deluded, but that's, that's <laughs> fine. Uh, so yeah, Howard's <coughs> teaching. Uh, you teach today too? I, I do. Yep. Yeah, the last block. He taught yesterday, and he taught this. The he teaches the most people are leaving block. At the yeah, end the, exactly. At the end, we've we've done that before. Um, so uh, we're not going to get into Howard's history and background. Uh, you guys can go back and listen to the first time he was on to get all that. And he's been on a lot of other podcasts since. And um, but uh, Howard's a lot like me, where uh, we grew up training. And the oh, marker this, marker that. We're not doing markers. And, of course, we've evolved. We're not cavemen. Um, we're barely not cavemen, <laughs> I should say. But uh, it was pointed out to me, and, and Howard and I have talked about this a lot, about you are doing marker training. You just don't know it. Right. right? You don't know what, you're, what you've been doing. And that's kind of, I, I assume, the basis of the class. But it's kind of was a, an awakening for you. You want to get sure. into that stuff? Yeah. So I kind of grew up in the, the yank and crank era. Mm -hmm. um, of course, even then, I think if you look back at William, I don't know how people pronounce his name. Some pronounce it Kohler or Kaler. Even in his books, he, he stressed the importance of praising the dog twice as much as you correct it. Of course, that, that gets lost in the translation mm -hmm. because we get really focused on wanting to issue a good correction a timely correction, one that's effective, and then we tend to forget about the fact that we're supposed to praise the dog. So he was even well aware that, that compulsion in and of itself over and over and over can, it works, there's, there's no question about that, it, it, it works, but it doesn't always create the most happy-go-lucky dog. It can kind of, poor choice of words, but they kind of get, they can get beat down. So really, that was m really my history, and then when we started I started doing some luring on my own and feeling like I needed to do things to elevate the mood of the dog. And But for a long time, that's pretty much how we did things. It was a lot of praise and correction. And uh, and if someone had mentioned to me, you know, eight years ago, the term free shaping, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have understood what that was. I mean, maybe luring is a little bit more descriptive, even in the word luring. Mm -hmm. You can kind of figure out what that means, but... So, yeah, it is evolving, and um, just some things that began to make sense. 2018, I went to three separate workshops, and up until that point, I was lucky to go to one a year, but I went to three that year. It was really the first year we started our business, and I could write those things off, so mm -hmm. I felt like a new man. I was getting out, and I was seeing what was out there, and I went to see Hans Verbruggen, and what's he do? He's, got, he's using clickers with puppies. I went to see Pat Nolan. Guess what he's using? clickers and i go see uh, mike subtle and guess what he's doing with puppies and clickers chicken. <laughs> and chickens and that was part of the thing i even yep. incorporated that into my talk i've got a, a slide or not a slide but actually a video of somebody working the chickens and those of you who don't know basically the chickens have been trained to peck blue poker chips and it's it, so you've got all your poker chips laid out in front of you and essentially that you've got to be johnny on the spot with the clicker and the in the treat which are in one one unit together but so every time that chicken pecks that blue poker chip, you got to click and pay. So it's really a, it's a cool exercise to kind of teach you timing and how to do those things. But 
from that point forward, when I'm just listening to all these well-known people using clickers, and I'm thinking, maybe there's something to it. And, and really, as we began to dive deeper into it, yeah, there's a lot to it, and it makes a lot of sense. And uh, those of you that are out there that are doing detection and you're, you're worried about, well, I don't want the dog to catch me, and I'm being, you know, using sleight of hand in my deliveries, and all those things aren't necessary. When you have a, a marker or a terminal marker where basically all you're trying to do is capture that moment in time where that dog is doing exactly what you want. And I try to use that phrase a lot with my guys. I want you to capture the moment. You're taking a picture of that dog doing the behavior that you want. If he's not doing it, don't take the picture. Don't click. So it's much easier to click and mark that moment in time and then produce your reward than it is to try to be Mr. Evasive and move around and not get caught. The dog knows you have the toy. Yeah, he can smell a tree. He can smell mm-hmm. <laughs> like trace amounts of cocaine. Such great he can smell masters of association. He's he may not look like he's watching you, but he's got you figured out. I mm-hmm. give this speech to my canine handlers and to all my pet people. Um, every time we have a dog come to us that has a problem, uh, I tell owners, I say, you know, you're actually a really good. I tell pet owners, I'm like you and. I, I say, you know, you're actually a really good dog trainer already. You just don't know it. And the only thing you have to be, the only thing you have to have to be a good dog trainer is consistently rewarding or punishing the behavior you want or don't want over time at the right moments with rewards or with punishments that are of value or perceived as serious. It's like, it's clear that this dog is committed to shitty behavior because he's doing it. Like, I mean, all the time, like you're a great trainer and people are like, man, it makes a ton of sense. And you know, they're nothing but a bundle of habits, whether they're good or bad, depends on them. So when we do our board and trains, it's super successful for us because it's very transactional. So it's very black and white. And I think with the canine handlers, especially like like right now, I delivered it. Like we're here on Thursday. I delivered a dog on Tuesday. It's a spicy. Whew, he uh, tried to destroy the vet last week, getting his go home checked on. He's just one of those dogs and his handler is experienced. And I sent him home. And he starts school on Monday, and I was like, all I want you to do is click and treat this dog. And he's yep. Damon's been sending me videos of him working the dog, just doing clicking, click, treat, click down, click, treat, you know. And I, that's how we do all of our patrol dogs. And, Eric, you started doing that with all, and I've started doing the same thing you did, 900 reps. Yeah, yeah, we do a lot, a lot of reps. And it works it out, man. By yep. I start on Monday, Friday, we are off leash. Yep. You know, getting an off leash recall, not not with on a man so much, but what's that? On, on police, police dogs, dogs yeah. not pets, police dogs. Um, so, yeah, and I'm the same as you, and I'm sure you were too when you, in the beginning, when I came into canine in 05, the, the term was signal pressure praise. Signal was sit, pressure was not pressure, it was always a correction on a choke chain. Good boy. Um, and we, it's just started, I just started noticing, I'm like, it, this, I mean, sometimes it works, sometimes it's okay, but man, I feel like I am just ripping this dog's head off all the time for, for what, for the sit. And the dog doesn't like it. When I noticed, um, we would do the, go out on the OB field to, to do obedience and the dogs would all yawn mm. and get stressed. They didn't stress, like it. Pressure, shake, yawn. Right. Yeah. And so I eventually got away from, from the choke chains. I, I don't use them at all anymore. Um, I still don't see the value in them. Um, I'm more of a prong, chi- prong collar guy. I can even just use e-collar and flat collar for most dogs once I get it going. But um, I changed up the way I do things. And I, I'll do clicker uh, for a lot. Sometimes I do a word um, because, like, when we're doing puppies, I'll, I'll send a clicker home. But then 
they're, they'll call me and go, he's, I clicked him, he's not doing it. Cause so, you know, they, they don't really <laughs> kind of get the idea. They think the clicker is a, like a punishment or a warning or I said, sit. So I clicked him, you know, whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, don't, the on the TV. but they don't go. Yes, 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 yes. They don't say that over and over again where I find a lot of people are, um, aversive to the clicker. They're not aversive to marker is I can't hold all these things in my hand at once. I'm like, yeah, you can. You just gotta, you yeah. just gotta get used to it. But Ted, was, were you taught the Yankee crank in the beginning? Was that the style you learned? Yeah, I was. And, uh, the reason I have all these tattoos is because I'm covered in scars from dogs that um, <laughs> corrected back. So, and, you know, that's one thing that I kind of, you know, because you just said, you know, signals, you know, signal pressure praise. And the one thing that you and I talk about a lot is guys like over praising dogs or, or praising them at the wrong time. They're like, right. good boy. And you're like, shut the fuck up. He's not being a good boy. No. And it doesn't like it doesn't have any value. Mm-hmm. So I do have pets that come through that do genuinely value human interaction. Um like I have a, I'm raising that Malinois puppy right now that I got from Holly Benitez. That dog doesn't give a shit about being petted. You try and pet him and he'll fucking dodge you and like, no, 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 no. Let me do something. Give me something to do. And it's because of like a lot of it's how I've raised him. But when we get these pets in and like they constantly want to be petted, I'm like, that's not what we're working for. Like because so they they value and, and a lot of it has to do with the dog's value. So they value the human interaction, and they don't value food because they're free-fed, which is a huge problem. Mm. So once they get hungry, then they're like, oh. So it's much more precise, mm-hmm. and I'm able to get some very crisp behaviors very quickly, with, especially with pets. Once they're like, oh, you mean I have to do something? I'm like, yeah, you have to do something to act like an asshole. And then it's usually pretty clear. But So one of the... Hits Canine Training Conference. This is America's premier canine training seminar packed to the brim with the world's best instructors and me and Eric. All covering important topics. There's no better place to learn and no better place to network with other handlers, breeders, and trainers. HITS 2022 is being held in Orlando, Florida this year, August 16th through the 19th. And I know how you guys are. Everybody waits the last minute. And in the post-Rona world, everybody's training budgets are being cut and everybody's deciding whether they're going to be able to get to go or not. So don't wait because they're not going to have an infinite number of spots. And the price goes up after a certain date. So get signed up as soon as possible. It's in Orlando. We'll see you there. Be sure to hit them up. Hits K9, letter K number nine dot net. One of the best relationships we have in this podcast and in this industry is with the great people down at Kinetic Dog Food. The story of Kinetic uh, Performance Dog Food is pretty simple. They wanted to make a better premium dog food for the dogs that need it the most. Their goal is to give every working and sporting dog a higher energy level better performance, and better overall health through superior nutrition. So they formulated a line of food based on what they considered to be the optimal profile of a performing of performance dog. They've done tons of research on this. This isn't their first rodeo. These guys know what they're doing. If you're a kennel, they will come to your kennel. They will see the problems that you have. They will check out what works for the dogs that you have. Um, they're amazing people to work with. They drop ship a pallet right to you if you want. Um, I know a lot of guys that use them. There's a bunch of different formulas on there. And uh, 32K might not be for your dogs. Maybe the 26K works. They can adjust it. They'll give you the right ideas what to do in different parts of the year. Winter's different than summer. It's uh, it's really a well-run, good dog food um, company kineticdogfood.com. Be sure to check them out on social media too, man. They're they're amazing folks. Kineticdogfood.com. 
by now you've probably all heard my story at least once. I'm usually getting tagged by dogs or hurting myself. So this next product is like near and dear to me because I actually use it. Uh, Quick Turn by Vet Care. It does great for keeping small things from turning into big ones. I use it at the kennel for uh, clients' dogs that have some issues with skin stuff or have food allergies or have environmental allergies. Works great. Keeps hot spots from making giant hot spots. And it keeps my working dogs who inevitably find fact, magnificent ways to hurt themselves from turning it into a giant vet visit. Stops little issues from becoming big ones. So it comes in a spray, it comes in an ointment, it comes in a dressing. It's great for creating a protective barrier and promoting wound healing. You really only have to use it like once a day. So there's no reason not to have it in the vehicle. Since it's temperature stable, you don't got to worry about it getting hot, getting cold or anything like that. So put it in your first aid kit or put it in your cabinet. Vetcare.us on the internet. Quick Derm by Vetcare on the inter- on Instagram and on Facebook. And then hit them up with the discount code one zero WDR for 10% off your first order. So my entire time that I was a handler or a trainer in law enforcement, the cars at my department in the departments that I trained all had American aluminum accessory kennels in the cars, different cars, man, Dodge chargers, all Ford models, some Chevys, uh, SUVs, cars, everything. We loved American aluminum accessories. Um, it's a great, product a great company they've been serving uh canine law enforcement community for over 20 years if you check out their uh, website ez that's the letter z ez they got testimonials they got videos on how to they got a list of everything they have uh just today we made a post on the working dog radio social media showing a dog that survived a really bad crash because of the american aluminum kennel in the back of the car Check them out online, guys. Easyrideronline.com. Just let them do their thing, man. Whatever car you got for your work, your patrol car, get a hold of them, American Aluminum Accessories, and get the best in the business. Next up comes uh, training courses online from our friends down at Highland Canine Training, Jason and Aaron Ferguson. So in the post-Rona world, uh, training budgets have been getting cut. People aren't going to be able to travel, whether it be instructors or they be canine handlers and supervisors going somewhere else for training. So Highland has announced a lot of online training courses. One of those that sticks out to me is their police supervisor canine course. And it's no secret that one of the problems with canine tends to be some of the supervision issues. This course is specifically designed for administrators and covers utilization as well as liability and FLSA issues. The course can be taken at your convenience and you'll receive a certificate of completion at the end. When you go to Tactical Police Canine Training, that's letter K number nine, training.com, and use the discount code WDR30, you'll get 30% off of that course. The big things with market training is, uh, I'm telling you, guys think that if if you talk to them about markers, you're like a long-haired guy from California. Like, No offense to Michael. No, no offense to Michael Ellis. <laughs> but they... they, they they just think you're like some touchy feely sure. kind of old marker. Cause when I worked uh, the, the contract out on the West coast, um, there was a big fight between two of the trainers on marker training and not marker training. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, when Jeff came out, he was like, well, uh, I'm, I'm all for what works best. And what, so what happened was the, the one trainer was like, we are not doing marker training. We are not doing it. And I didn't really know the definition of marker training all that much, but I start I figured it out. But then I started watching the other trainer was using 
the free command as the marker mm. as a trick. And the other trainer who hated marker training didn't even realize what he was doing. <laughs> I go, I go, Josh, I, you're using free as the marker. He's like, shut up. Don't, don't say nothing. <laughs> so that comes, brings us around to one of the main points that you and I have talked about and other people talk about. You actually are doing marker training. You just don't know it. Right. And kind of explain that if you would, like what I'm, what I mean by that. Well, I, I think, I think that, we're not aware, we're creatures of habit for one. So we are in the past where in detection in particular, we, um, we didn't use a marker of any kind. We just simply produced the reward at the time that we felt was prudent to get, you know, encourage the behavior that we wanted. And, uh, but the reality is that we are all doing things that probably signal to the dog that reward is imminent. It's coming, whether it's the Velcro on your pants or whether it's, the habit that you have of reaching in your pocket. So really what's especially cool about the marker is, is that once you've, you've issued the mark, everything that happens after is pretty much irrelevant. You, it doesn't matter if the dog sees the ball come out of your pocket because basically that click represented that ball or the food. It, it essentially is food to the dog at that point. So, you know, you, you can take your time getting the ball out. You don't have to be super ready, but... I think that's probably the hardest thing. Guys still think I, I don't I have to be evasive. I can't I can't get caught. Somewhere there's a video of me recently, like I have a dog working on boxes and I'm walking around behind him bouncing a tennis ball. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> Cameron talks about that at his class. Yeah. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Stop it. Stop shuffling your feet. Stop you know and it, what happens though is that the, if they continue to do that even if they're marking then that, that muddies the water because mm -hmm. now the dog is not only listening for the mark, he's also watching you, side-eyeing you, which you don't really want either. Right, and guys don't, like, so you guys that are out there training right now and you um, don't think you're using a marker. So, for example, I'll, I'll give you an example of, of a marker that I use. Um, so I, t I use boxes for the odor, right, the scent, scent stuff. If it's a dog that I'm putting a train final response on sit – to me, I use sit, the sit command, mm. as the mark. Gotcha. They get their nose in the box, sit, they sit, then the reward comes. Huh. So sit becomes the mark. When I'm imprinting them on the odor, I might use yes. Um, but I still believe that if, so if I line the, ball, the boxes up against the wall all the time and I throw the ball and I bounce it off the wall into their face, boom. Mm -hmm. I think the hitting of the wall is a mark if you do it right as they stop and sit boom sure. comes through if you're those, consistent right yeah. yeah if you're consistent those are little things that people don't know the other thing that i've had i've asked i don't know so we asked uh pat nolan's wife pat rigney and some other stuff if you're doing an uh, a napopo type style where the like you're teaching a down and the pressure comes on in the e-collar they're guided down the pressure goes off you praise them or you mark it again then praise them i believe the removal of the pressure is a marker so those are little things, and when we ask Connie about it, she goes, "Yeah, but why not double mark? It doesn't mm. it doesn't harm anything." Mm -hmm. and I'm like, "Okay, but that but that was before I really started talking a lot to Cameron about the your marking, and then you can wait a half an hour for the reward after that, as long as you mark at the right time. And I mean, people if they do it consistently, they could be marking behavior by um, they know where the hide is and they stop." Not that I'm saying you sure. need to march in place, but if you stop every time in front of locker number nine or wherever the hide is every time, I think, and the dog is smelling it, you're marking that. There's, mm -hmm. there's subtle things that people are doing 
So you at least want to be able to control that. Right. Be in charge yeah. of that. I was a big box person, and, mm-hmm. and that box system worked for years and years and years until fairly recently I had a, a, a problem dog. Got a dog overseas from somebody that you mm-hmm. guys done business with, too, and I've been, I've been fortunate. But this particular dog was not the typical prey monster. He, he had some real issues. Um, he had issues with uh, just people around in general. Uh, had a couple civil bites before we got him. Won the mm-hmm. day we got him, but that's another <laughs> story. But um, <laughs> he's got tattoos. Too, right? <laughs> you, too, you can see it. <laughs> it wasn't on me, for- mm-hmm. fortunately. But I wouldn't wish that on anyone. But anyway, the dog was just not gonna. The box system was not gonna work for him. And I thought I'd be clever. And basically, I have somebody manning a box, and they manually bring the ball up through the hole. Well. The dog, after the second rep, figured out there was somebody behind that box, and he'd much rather bite them than he would do anything else. But he was coming in the room over threshold, just barking, 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 and not really focused. So, uh, and he didn't really care that much about the ball. It was, it was just something that got him excited. Thought, well, I could, I could trick him. I'll just use a behavior shaping device, and I'll pop it out of there. I'll remove the man. It was worse. His behavior was. He was really jacked up, and. I sent that video to Cameron, and he was probably the most candid with me that he's ever mm. been. He's always been very nice, but he was, he was kind of like, what in the world are you doing with that big lithium battery-filled box? Yeah. He said, what are you, what are you teaching the dog to find? And he was being facetious a little bit, but then he started giving me some examples of things how I could change it. And just with the box, the odor, and a clicker, and food. And lo and behold, we changed. I thought, I'm going to change the environment completely. I don't want any association with that room and all that barking. Let's go to a separate room, and let's just do me, the handler, the dog, and the box. And it started clicking. I mean, it. and that dog's coming in, not all jacked up. And lo and behold, he's out there on the street right now killing it. I still say he's a problem dog because some days, but the barking and all that excited stuff mm-hmm. is gone. And I got to thinking that a lot of the way we do things with those boxes is pretty high energy. Oh, yeah. And, and it works for some dogs, and it doesn't work for others. So the two newest dogs we've got, I've started on this very methodical, almost free-shaping activity where we're just getting to put his nose in the hole, and then we're working on duration and time. And I'm anxious to see if that's not going to create in these new dogs a more methodical um happy well the other dogs are happy but they're they expend a lot of energy just running around yeah. um maybe a just a better balanced hunter right and the, before the the only thing you would have done is as soon as you walk in the room just start hammering that dog on a, on his choke chain and right. make him sit or or right. cor- you know obedience and correction then now the dog just hates even coming well, in there yeah, it the doesn't make it any better though or just take him out of the room every time he starts barking and then you know start over it's like we've got a dog right now that is sort of a problem dog <clears throat> and uh once the dog gets out of control once the genie comes out of the bottle he just starts to smoke people yeah. and anytime a ball is produced he starts to smoke people mm-hmm. so uh it, it started out with two or three reps at a time and then capping two or three reps at a time and then capping and now we get to the point where he'll work. We'll work for 10, 15 minutes on boxes, and then we immediately go over to, I, we built like a little Skinner boxy thingy 
uh, to start our um, article indication for hard surface tracking. And he goes right into the box and starts article indicating for eight to 10 minutes right in. So the trainer, we have the ball, we reward for narcotics, and then we take him straight over, down him, and then we have our all of our guys wear like roofing Mm-hmm. Uh, like roof, like nail uh, pouch. Yeah, yeah, nail pouch, and we fill it with dog food, and we immediately start going straight into food reward on articles, and that brings him down. But if not, he's the guy, the dog that would try and destroy you for putting him in the kennel, try and destroy you for mm-hmm. doing anything other than letting him have the ball, and it wouldn't work. He'll spit the ball out and come after you because he knows it's over. But mm-hmm. he comes, he does, you know, eight to ten minutes of article indication. And then we put him up when his that state that drive state is lowered. So because I can tell when we start tracking that dog, once he figures out that you get to bite people when you're tracking, he's going to be almost right. unmanageable. So I got to teach him articles before I teach him to bite people on tracks. So, right. So I have a um, uh, shepherd in my kennel right now. That I'm doing what I call green plus green plus odor imprinting on. He's going to be an expo- dual purpose explosive dog, and using the boxes. He was uh, aggressing the box, like right. scratching at it, mm-hmm. going f- and just pain the ass. But not the first dog I've ever had to do that. And I had uh, Jordan, my assistant trainer, uh, helping me and uh, trying to do it two people. The timing wasn't right and everything. And I'm still imprinting on the odor, so I'm still marking that sniff inside the box. Mm-hmm. But after first, after the first couple times, the reward wasn't coming fast enough for him. I was he was getting the mark, but that's when he started scratching. He would take his paw and put it in the box and rip it and throw it. And I'm like, yeah. well, we, that's a one-time use, a single-use uh, explosive <laughs> do- detection dog there. <laughs> and uh, so it was funny. So I had, my Jordan is a state trooper, so he can't work all the time. And he had last week, I think it was, he couldn't work at all. So uh, when he left me on the previous Friday, we were going to probably switch an indirect reward and everything like that mm-hmm. and stuff like that. On the Friday of the next week, I sent him a video of the dog working four boxes, sitting, no problems, not aggressing the box. I did it myself. I'm like, I've done a million of these dogs by myself. It sucks, and I'm sweaty and everything else. But what I started doing was, because I know I could tell he knew the odor, I was marking the still behavior right, and, and then waiting. And then I could wait and wait. And once he understood that the mark was kind of the reward really Mm -hmm. hit that marker and then wait 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 boom i could get longer and longer time out of him sitting at odor and waiting um and he he just stopped scratching it and it Mm -hmm. wasn't correction was not going to do it right you know what i mean i had changed him off the flat collar to the prong collar with um with both rings the live ring and the dead ring Mm -hmm. just so i would if he went to scratch it right out of the rip i could pop him back, let him loose, and then reward for, for not scratching. Mm-hmm. But it was the mark that kept him consistent on there. Right. I didn't know that shit a few years ago. You know what I mean? No, I didn't either. We would have just, I would just had Jordan correcting him the whole mm-hmm. time, backwards popping him and correcting him. And you're starting to go down the variable reward road, too, there yeah. with that. So all of our dogs, uh, towards the end, we started moving to variable reward. So if you're a narcotics handler listening to this, and oh, I ain't an explosive, but there's a case called U.S. versus Bentley that you should all go look up. Uh, and it talks about um, how the dog, um, the attorney and the uh, the handler were talking during questioning, and they basically said, hey, you know, so the dog gets a reward every time he gets out of the car. So is he sitting for the reward or is he sitting for odor? It was essentially what they were saying. Um, and Eric has mentioned it twice. I think Howard did during this. Um, you know, the anticipation of the reward is almost – you know, better than the reward itself, which is the reason gambling works. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same right. thing, right? I mean, that's why everybody sits there and pulls fucking yep. the lever. the next one. Yeah. Might be the <laughs> next one, right? So you in, actually end up creasing drive. So when you got dogs like the one I was just talking about, I can't do that yet. He's got to get rewarded every single time. But that case, 
Uh, we teach our handlers not to reward on actual deployments. Um, I don't want them bouncing balls off of shit and, and whatever else on the road. So we move to variable rewards, especially in our maintenance training. So we'll have four fines out and the dog get rewarded on two. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, but that's an essentially, you still have to be able to mark a behavior in time and be like, all right, let's go. You're like, or yes, let's move. And yeah. so, uh, I teach our guys a bridge command in handler schools. I don't tell them that that's what it is, mm-hmm. but yeah, you don't <laughs> muddy the water. No, too much, I'm yeah. just like, so you're going to say this and move to the next yeah, line. They're like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, and then on the road, I'm like, now what you're going to do is you're going to say this and put him back in the car. And so, yeah, I mean, but yeah, the anticipation of reward is often more powerful than the actual reward itself. Do we do. You, I think the indirect reward is for us, obviously it's safer to, I don't, I don't want them throwing a ball out, out there either, but it is nice if they're, especially if they're using a tug, they could just literally, yes, I hold it mm-hmm. out and the dog comes back and the takes it out of The one thing I've, that I've <clears throat> seen with the indirect reward is the maintenance of it and guys, and I see it, right? And if it's not maintained, you get dogs that start fringing a lot because they're anticipating leaving odor. So you have that. I think, I don't know if Cameron's talked about it. I think I've talked about it with him. Uh, but the difference of obedience to odor versus obedience at odor. So they start being obedient at odor and they start kind of like doing the whole like puppet thing where they move back mm-hmm. and forth and back and forth, anticipating being called back. I did pepper that dog on mm-hmm. CBS SEAL team and she's an indirect reward explosive dog, but I started her direct. I started her at odor. So she has great obedience to odor, but she'll leave to come back for a reward. But I varied it there too, so it, it comes from odor or it comes from me, and mm-hmm. I can have a popper or dropper out. I can have whatever we want. I can have different rewards. She just she'll go to a different person for a reward of whoever marks her. So that's cool. We put a video up on that on Patreon, which yeah. Now when you I can't remember when you have a new handler and a new dog. Do they they go through your class together? They go they go together. And that, yeah. You probably do you find a better result as far as teaching a a, a green brainless person you know basically they're, they're well, clean it's like teaching on the marker well i think it's for sure i i like that arrangement sometimes what happens with experienced handlers and it definitely happened with one of my last ones he was he inherited a dog from from another handler that was he was a robot mm-hmm. about as close as you could get and then uh when we retired that dog and we got him a new dog we got him a spider monkey mm-hmm. and <laughs> and he was i think he loved the dog he never acted like he did but he was very very effective with the dog but he uh he was very frustrated at times i mean super frustrated this was a collegiate level athlete and very capable of handling a dog and and great handler but this dog frustrated him immensely yeah um, but yeah, I like to start with, with green handlers, green dogs. And, you know, we, I mentioned it before. I don't want to get any detail about it, but I, I have the luxury of taking as much time as I need. Yeah. That's which nice. Is good. Yeah. I sold four dogs to a, a, a large agency in Maryland. Their, their training started last Monday and, um, 16 week just on patrol. And yeah. then they do eight week on odor. That's impressive. And I'm like, dude, no, and I shouldn't say nobody. A lot of places don't get to do that anymore. You know, they pre-trained six weeks, five weeks for the for the handler school. And I sold them a dog um, named Robic, a shepherd who is a... The big one. Yeah, who is going to be... A, he's an apex predator, I call him. But a six-week class, is, there's you're, you're not going to get what you want out of him. 16-week class, that dog's going to be a an amazing, amazing dog. Because sure. he's another one out over threshold when he comes out. It doesn't matter who's holding the leash. That person is awesome. 
Everyone else is not. <laughs> and and like I tell everybody, so you you Howard can bring him out, and um, he's he's like eyeing up Ted and I and dragging you towards one of us. I don't know what he's going to do when he gets there, but he's trying to go. And then we do bite work, and then you put him up. And 15 minutes later, Ted goes and gets him, and he comes in, and he's after you the same way. <laughs> Whoever's holding the leash is just the vehicle, and he doesn't care. But, you know, you have to teach him obedience in a blank room. Mm-hmm. And if he sees something, it's he's just going to keep fixating on it. So 16 weeks, they'll get him. Those guys are real good. They said it's already starting to work out real well. But um, last question before we finish. Did you go to Pat Nolan's class yesterday? I was able to catch the last half. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't miss it. I mean, does I, he make you feel stupid? <laughs> <laughs> like you're not a trainer, like you don't know shit. Well, now I just love how nonchalant he is about. He's pretty funny too. The stuff that he's done and the, the mistakes that he's made that he admits and yeah, he, he's he, just he, phenomenal. I just a really he makes fun of himself because he overdubs some of the videos <laughs> and he's like, why do I say it like that? <laughs> Things like that. I tell people when I go to Pat's class, I always get. I consider myself a pretty good trainer. I've trained a lot of dogs. I leave and I go, I'm quitting. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm done i quit there's our haunted bathroom you hear that there's no one in there and it just flushed so um are you going to take this uh this class on the road at all you're going to be offering this no. anywhere else you're gonna no i tell you i don't want to get pigeonholed into any particular yeah. thing i really don't in fact i told people i said please don't refer to me as the clicker guy i, don't, I do not want to be known as that <laughs> but i'm not ashamed to say that i've you know, it's found its way into the way we do things. Cameron told us a couple of years ago, a few years ago, he didn't want to be pigeonholed into the detection guy. No, he's got it. But here we are. You guys, <laughs> he has a podcast po- called Talking Sense. <laughs> All right, he didn't before, so <laughs> he's accepted it. He's accepted yeah. it. But no, I mean, like Ted and I do, you know, this scenario-based training uh, stuff that we do a lot. But I'm changing up and also adding, a, I have an e-collar class that I start. I'm yeah, kind I of think- sussing out to see how I like it and... And it'll that'll be good. I don't know if I can do two hours of it. Probably not. But at a place that'll give me an hour, I can at least try it um, and and add that into the repertoire. Yeah, I was really trying to read the room. Uh, and one of the things that I wasn't aware of until fairly recently is because I get kind of locked in the way we do things. And you mentioned green handler, green dog, and there are people out there in the audience that they've never gone through. They've they were handed a dog that yeah. was trained. Yep. So they don't really know the process necessarily unless they've studied it and then there are people that obviously they've gone through schools but and then people that have inherited dogs so all right so um you teach this evening i guess four o'clock right four to four six o'clock. four to six what do you call the class on your mark i like that. that's a good name it's descriptive yeah that's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good mark that's a pretty there good go. story there's a lot of guys staying overnight i heard people talking so you should have a yeah, pretty we're good staying time. too it's long ride tomorrow yeah I'm leaving this afternoon two hours. So, mm. anyways, thanks for coming on. I appreciate no, it. We love you. having you. Yeah. We get to talk a lot. Uh, Howard and I bounce a lot of things off of each other. We both learn a lot of things I at like the to same steal time. From him. Yeah. And <laughs> same thing. So, we bounce a lot of things off because we're, him and I are learning a lot of some of this stuff at the same time. Yeah. So. I, it was coming up to your place when Cameron was there. That was. And plus getting to see your guy, some of your guys here. Yeah. It's been fun. Some yeah. familiar faces. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, anyways, thanks a lot. We'll yep. talk to you oh, on the next you. one. Yeah, yeah. You got your reasons. I got my wants. Still got that feeling, but I'm too old to die young now. Too
Working Dog Radio was graciously granted permission to use this music by Brother Deeg. Be sure to check him out at brotherdeeg.blogspot.com. That's spelled brother, D-E-G-E, dot blogspot.com. Be sure to buy him a beer at Amazon, iTunes, or CD Baby, or anywhere you stream your music. Working Dog Radio was edited and co-produced by Alicia Brandt.